episode number 102 of Guitar and Running Shots podcast, hosted by Tom Bryan and myself, Kyle Gregg. So, Tom, you're looking awful splendid in the that blue black background that you've you've got there. It looks like you've got the, the blue sky above you, at the side of you. Mm. It looks like you're, you're flying in, in space with the sun in your eyes. And you've got a wee TRS logo pitched in the, the logo there. It looks fantastic. It looks a fantastic wee setup you've got in your, your wee wherever the hell you are, eh? Yeah, good evening, Kyle. Yeah, so listen, this is as we are, we talked about being Zoom experts last week. So rather than a Boston Marathon finishing background tonight, I've gone for the TRS News Studio look with the TRS <laughs> logo on the on the top left hand side. When when we do a Facebook Live next time, Kyle and I will both have a look oh. like this. But um, yeah, it it, it kind of looks like you're half you half ghost though. You know, it's uh, the sun's kind of like making half your body disappear, but. Uh, yeah. you, Definitely alive and kicking. Half you're, ghost. <laughs> <laughs> you're definitely alive and kicking because you're drinking a, a a wee a wee beer. What kind of beer have you got for the for, for us tonight? I'm on a, a classic. I'm on a punk tonight. Oh, a cheeky wee punk, are you? Yeah. Well, are you? I'm, well, I've kind of ran out of all my 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 my, my good quality beers. My i.e. my Brewdog beers, my punks, my my uh, my Elvis juices, and I'm on the the good old Aldi. Uh, 99p craft beer uh, selection. <laughs> so uh, I'm 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 having a Buckhorn Brewery Stateside IPA. Uh, so yeah, that that's about it for me. I would I would say lovely, but I'm guessing it might not quite be lovely. But you know, I'm on the same boat, right? This is literally I pulled this out of the fr- fr- the fridge just now. This is the last beer in the house, and because oh, last no. week being off off work last week, I mean my beer consumption has gone through the roof. Anyway, <laughs> I've got a Brewdog delivery. It is six. 57 right now. I've got a Brewdog delivery between 6 and 8 tonight. So if, I, <laughs> if the doorbell rings, it's, it's a man with an important parcel arriving. Oh, nice. And what, what, is it a big, is it a big delivery or is it a, just yeah, a it's, few? Or? It's a, yes, yeah, a solid, uh, a solid, I think it's essentially a, a full, uh, a full box full. Um, what, what sort of choice have you got? Is it just you know, a, a, a mixture, or? mixture of, of headliners and some more, oh, nice. uh, I'm actually, I was, uh, I'm actually waiting still for my, uh, AGM pack, Brewdog at their AGM on the weekend, and I dialed into that on YouTube, which it was very good actually. But I, I was, you know, Hermes delivery are very good, but maybe they're obviously very busy at the minute anyway. So it should arrive today, my uh pack with that. So I'm looking forward to tasting a few of the, the AGM beers as well, oh, which nice. will be sweet. Like it, I, I had a listen as well. And uh, well, what you're gonna have to do, Tom, is you're just gonna have to sit there with your AGM pack and. Uh, you know, relive the live moments on YouTube. Um, yeah, I, 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 I thoroughly again. enjoyed it. It was it was good fun. So mm, uh, it was good. Uh, big shout out to to Martin Dickey for the, the the man of the the man of the house who also listened. So good good job of mm. the. I think there was one quiz question that apparently they got the wrong dog. <laughs> 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 I don't think that was their fault, mind you. It was maybe the quiz masters, but that, I thought it was funny. Uh, but yeah, it was it was good. But anyway, let's let's bring it back to to running. Um, mm. We've got a fantastic show tonight, folks. We've got the Tartan Running Mums episode on tonight. This is a really special one. We've got Jasmine Paris, we've got Morag Miller, and we've got my wife Debbie Gregg talking all things pregnancy and, and postpartum as well. So it's going to be really exciting, uh, really insightful, and hugely informative for not just the mothers out there, the prospective mothers, but also for the the, the wannabe dads and the, the fathers out there as well. So it's um, mm. all things related to, to pregnancy and also bringing it into, you know, running as well. So 
uh, hopefully enjoy it, folks. So it's, I thought it was it was a fantastic, really enjoyable interview. So, so there you go, Tom. Right, Kyle. So it is Monday, the twenty seventh of April. Yesterday, we should have, depending on what the fiasco that you entry fiasco, but we should have been running the London Marathon yesterday. We should now, have. Shouldn't we? You Jeez. and I and many many other listeners <laughs> should have been running. So I don't know about you, but I felt pretty. I actually felt quite flat on the weekend because it was. You know, with Boston last Monday, and then um, I actually watched a lot of London marathons last week on YouTube, which is cool. A lot of them are on there. And then on Sunday came, and it was kind of like, especially Friday, Saturday, you get like, even though I moved the flights, so my BA app is saying, check in for your flight to London. Oh, it's boarding. No. You know, I'm no. like, FFS. You know, this is, I should be in London. <laughs> and then, whammy, that, and I, well, I'm thinking is also today, I was thinking, I've actually got, I realized um, uh, today's off work as well, because uh, today I should have been lying in the, in a hotel, hang, hanging by the skin of my teeth, hanging so badly, having just sunk so many beers celebrating a 2.29. Unfortunately, <laughs> it didn't, it's obviously not happened. Um, and I guess, yeah, to all the, I've seen a lot of people in Strava, there's a lot of um, not the London Marathon type runs and stuff. And it is, it really is sad. And we've said on here before, I know it's, it, yeah, of course, it's the, it's not a, a big problem. It's, it's a first of all problem. There's so many bigger problems going on. It is a big hit for the charities. I know the event not going ahead. Um, and yeah, now, you know, there's that, is it going to happen in October? Is it not going to happen? And uh, yeah, it's kind of, it's weird that we're now, we're now right in the guts of marathon season with no marathon. So anyway, I'm kind of rambling a wee bit, but I was, I was a wee bit flat about it all. Yeah, I, I can't say I was as flat as you were, maybe. Maybe because I'm not in as, as, as ripe a shape as you are. Um, but what I what I enjoyed was uh, was watching some of the highlights as well. Uh, mm. I watched the 1981 London Marathon. That was the first one, wasn't it? It the was, yeah. Marathon. Great That's, documentary that. Yeah, it was brilliant. It was like it was actually. It just made me want to to do London again. Watching it, it was so yeah. good, um, and you could see how it's grown so much as well, based on some of the you know the first year, all the stories, and you know some of the guys who were you know hitting the wall and. You know, in the last hundred meters, and they're <laughs> crawling on their knees to yeah. get to the end. And the finish line—I thought the finish line was amazing. Did you see it? You had it's to keep like just, it. I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> Even and that was the and what what struck me. Two things struck me. A, you had to queue, as you say, but that was at like two fifty-eight. It wasn't. Yeah. You know, there was. There, I mean, fair. There was a huge. The field was. I would love to know how many people went under three. But yeah, I, I agree with you. It was amazing. And did you notice? I didn't realize this before that when you came in, you come up. On the old London Marathon in the 81, you come up Birdcage Walk, hang a right into Buckingham Palace, but you don't swing right down the mile in the 81. They went round the left, up, is it Parliament Hill, I think it's called? Parliament, Hill, think, Parliament yeah, Walk or something? So, yeah. Anyway, Monument Hill, whatever it's called, anyway. Up that way um, towards Green Park. And I, was, I, thought, I didn't realise that they finished around there. And then I saw on Instagram, Fraser Klein put up a post of him in 83. And it looked, on 83, I was thinking, that looks like Westminster in the background. I, I can't understand how you could see Westminster behind the finish. Anyway, sure enough, so I asked Fraser, but sure enough, in 83, they finished on, uh, I think it's Westminster Bridge. So as you're coming along Embankment, where you would have gone right to Big Ben, a lot past Big Ben, up towards, up Birdcage Walk, up to Buckingham Palace. In 83, you hung a left there and went over and finished on Westminster Bridge. Now, I, I think they must have done a little roundabout way. But um, yeah, amazing to see how, how it changed. And did you notice that they ran under Tower Bridge and they came along the cobbles? Yeah, yeah, I saw that as well. I thought, oh man, those cobbles look nasty. Uh, but 
I, I, I said to Debbie, I was like, nah, they look quite runnable. But then when you saw, when, when you could see everyone running on them, they looked like they were, yeah. it was a lot wet as well. So they were like, they were having a bit of a field day. Uh, did you see that what i loved is i've always had in my mind this romantic view that london back in the day in the 80s it was like it was it was just 80s hard men all running 220 it was just it was all hard fast guys the bloke that dresses a waiter (laughs) the very first ever fancy dress fancy dress runner at london thought that was excellent do do you know what time he ran he just ran just yeah that was mental but you know i do you know what made me crack up was um uh, when they were talking, like as as people were going through the finish line, the I can't remember the name of the commentator. Who was it? Do you know? Was it? Uh, oh, David Coleman, legend. Yeah, David Coleman. Yeah, so he's like three hours after the start, and they're still streaming in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So in fact, they don't refer to the guys that just about three hours, even under three hours as fun runners. <laughs> yeah. So was it, yeah, David was like the fun runners are still coming in. At three oh two, well, you know, it was like there was the fun runners are still coming in, and I was like, well, wonder what time that is. It must be like five hours or something, and it was like three oh two, and you're like, what? That's yeah. not a fun run. Like, it was, crazy. I thought it was hilarious. Um, but like, do you know what? You know what? There was a guy who looked like he was about seventy years old, and he was coming in, and I thought, nah, they, they must be running like, you know, it must be about three and a half, four, maybe even four hours. And then it was like the, the guy ran a two forty eight. Yeah. I was like, holy moly, this guy looks like he's you know he's, he's retired. He should be run you know running that pace. It was incredible. Um, uh, I was, like, uh, yeah. Then you look at everyone around him and you think, I don't know what it was it just. I, I don't know. You kind of see why they might call them and refer them as fun runners, like because yeah. they weren't even wearing like proper running stuff <laughs> oh it was like the a the number of them in like in t-shirts yeah. some for, like this i love the classic string vest that if we ever do oh, yeah. running shorts vest that's what we need to get the rabsy nesbit running the, yeah that's the way to put it the rabsy nesbit indeed but what i love what i really liked was the um there was a woman who was she was in her 60s at the start i thought i misheard it she was like oh yeah i've been running he goes how's your preparation been and she looked like she wasn't taking that seriously because yeah i've been running 76 miles a week and i'm like what 76 <laughs> miles a week like you know anyway it turns out she was like yeah i run 13 on a week on a saturday and 20 on a sunday and then i do like i don't know what, what the difference is i did four and a half miles each way to work monday to friday and you think you know fair play so many people in this day and age are so afraid of mileage if it's because of your life schedule fine but you'd be i think you'd be amazed at what, what your body can, can handle um yeah. but it was cool and what i loved though watching at the sharp end i loved even the first bit they're like oh there's a uh, jim dingwall on the lead pack and you know, oh, I know yeah. there. and then we had Al, they, they were talking about graham lang aberdeen legend yeah, yeah. in fifth yeah really yeah. he was um like but wait, it it was it was it was weird watching london marathon leaders without any of the any of the east africans i thought it was yeah. uh, i thought it was a bit weird you know and but they're like you can tell, you know, that you, you know, when they go, you know, that I am, I was a runner, and you, you see them all going on about, I were all hard men back in the day, but they do actually look pretty hardcore. Like, you know, yeah. some, of these, some of these runners are not, they're not taking any fuel, are they? Oh, no. Not, they're I just, mean, you know, water and, water and a, good, a, good bit of, a good bit of beef and pasta the, the day before, you know, that's, that'll sort you out. It's some porridge in the morning and off you go, off you trot. That's yeah. incredible. 
And the the start is like, I mean, anyway, amazing, amazing event, and it really that I watched it just today. I watched it when I was running on the treadmill at lunch, and I was thinking, God, I wish it was only London this year. Oh, I, yeah. Who knows what will happen in, in October? Yeah. But it is such a special event, and it's such a even the course is so iconic. I mean, I've done it. I was talking last week about how I've done some of these treadmill runs on Google Street Maps, and I've been running a couple of times on the London course this week. I've, I've decided I'm going to work my way through the majors on, on the treadmill. But running the running London, I was just like, even just little things like when you go around through Surrey Keys and stuff, it's like, oh God, that's like classic London marathon sort of running. And yeah, I really, I really, really hope it happens in October. I'm a little bit pessimistic about it, but Can it would you, be a shame if it didn't happen. Yeah, no, fingers crossed. But going back to your treadmill, can you like, can you literally run all the all the marathon majors on your treadmill? Yeah. What, like, so if you upload the, the what, what would you need? Just to Google the GPS? Just Google Ma- you just, no, no, you just go on, on uh, this iFit website. You go to the website and then you just, you just map out a route like you would on a, like Strava routes or something. Map out the route, hit save, and it, lo- it automatically pulls it up on your treadmill. So you do it from your laptop. Would they, not, uh, would they not already be pre-made for you, though? Some, yeah, some of them are pre-made, but because I'm not, like, you can pull up the London Marathon pre-made, but because I'm doing... Like I'm doing the very specific, I did like the first what, 10K and then the second 10K. So I had to manually do those myself. Um, but yeah, it's, um, it's, anyway, it's just, it just really is cool. And actually I've started rereading um, a book I read years ago, but I, I kind of wasn't really, I don't think I was into marathon running as I am now and I didn't really appreciate it. Um, the, the History of the London Marathon, which is an excellent book and it, it's, um, it's worth a read for any listeners who are yeah. looking for a nostalgia hit. Um, well, talking about some of the books, uh, I would, you know, or some, the interview last week, I, I got got around to listen to Big Mikey Wright from Central. Um, so he, the recommendation of Once a Runner, I got, I looked at my bookshelf and lo and behold, check this out, Tom. And he's holding I've it. Got, I'm holding it. I haven't even read it once. And do you know what the funniest thing is? I've actually got two copies of this book. <laughs> so I'm going to put it out there. If anyone wants another copy, I'm going to give you it for free. Um, but what a generous you, man. You have to live in Afford. So any Afford listeners, if you want it, get in touch with Tartan Running Shorts. Let me know the time and date you want it and I'll stick it uh, I'll he's, stick it at my doorstep. I'll, I'll anti back it and you can you can read it at your leisure. He's a generous man, but he's not generous enough to pay for a postage. <laughs> there you go. Um so uh good I tell you what, get the, the author of the book, John L. Parker, we'll have to get him on the show, eh? That'd be that'd be great. I mean I, would, I think if we got him on, it would only be fair we asked Mikey Wright to interview him. Oh well there you go, Mikey. If you want us to <laughs> if you want to speak to your 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 hero, uh let us know and we'll we'll, we'll be sure to you might not even want to come on, on the show, mind you, but apparently he's got uh he's got a a sequel of the book out as well. Has, yeah, I've read that. Well, I read, well, there's a sequel called Once uh, uh, Again to Carthage, it's called. I've read that, which is, it's okay. It's not, I didn't enjoy it as much as I enjoyed Once a Runner. And there's a, there's a prequel, I understand, which I haven't read. So maybe I'll try and get it. I'm actually, at the moment, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm reading the history on the marathon, but I'm also I'm kind of reading, going through two books at the moment. I'm also reading How, Badly, How Bad You Want It by Matt Fitzgerald. And oh, the, reason, yeah, okay. the reason I'm reading that is because... You're, you're awful keen, you know. <laughs> well, in front of me, mate, the reason I... Right, so this, I'm showing Kyle this. Oh, fucking... Sorry. <laughs> my friends there. Right, you keep that in. <laughs> What's he done? This, done? Is a, this is the problem with these virtual backgrounds. I'm trying to show Kyle something that would be better, right? <laughs> you know, Kyle can see that, right? That is, our, that is me finishing the Chicago Marathon, right? Oh, yes. Look the at boy that. in front of me is a, was a guy called Matt Fitzgerald. 
Oh, is that Matt Fitzgerald? Yeah. I didn't, is that the, oh, I didn't realise that. So I chatted wow. to him at the finish for a bit, and uh, he was an elite, and I was like, I made some comment about, you know, how I was... Made some comment about why you're an elite if you ran... No, I made some in. comment about, like, going, oh, I'm, I didn't think expect to be, to catch an elite bib. And he was yeah. like, well, and then he explained to me that he's an American journalist, and he was, he, he, he wrote, he was training with the NAZ, Northern Arizona um, elite team to uh, see yeah, yeah. as a 40 year old man what could you do if you train like a professional athlete so yeah anyway um i emailed him a couple weeks afterwards and saying you know uh you won't remember me we met at the finish blah 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 um you know appreciate any i know you i think you said you're going to release a book when's it coming out i'd love to read it anyway he replied saying and he gave he put in copy the head coach ben rosario of that team who uh then a bit a long story short he said oh, this guy uh, ran 239 with me at um chicago last a couple weeks ago last month and uh, Ben Rosario, the head coach of the team, replied to me with a with a, a generic, albeit training schedule, yeah. to run um, to improve. I thought it was pretty sweet. So anyway, I, I understand his book is out, but I'm reading his old book, which is uh, "How Bad Do You Want It," which is quite interesting, and it was it's talking about the mental side of running, which I'm quite enjoying. Oh, okay, that's interesting because uh, I um I, I think I've got a couple of books from that I've read. Is the uh, racing weight one he had? Oh um, yeah, is that good? I I thought it was okay. It was. There was a lot of good stuff in it, but I found it was a little bit like, you know, you could condense the number of pages in, in, in 10 pages rather than 150. Uh, okay. You know, some of the stuff was a little bit fluffy for me, but nonetheless, you know, it was, it was, it's good to, you know, some of this stuff, some of this advice, it's just, some of this is common sense, isn't it? So, yeah. Uh, but no, nah, I, I, that was, you know, I wouldn't read a racing weight book again because, you know, I, I that was training components of, of, you know, rather than that sort of thing. But he does do a mix of different books, like uh, 80 20 running, so 80% easy, 20%, you know, your, your key sessions, your faster stuff, 80 20 triathlon, and heaps of books. He's got over 20 books, apparently. Yeah, he's got a lot. I was looking at yeah, it. I see. Yeah. So the book he wrote about running with that, the NAZ Elite team is called Running the Dream. Uh, so ah, okay, okay. But it's interesting, you talk about racing weight, right? I've decided, so I, I think I said this in the podcast about a month ago. I started weighing myself weekly just to, I was really intrigued on this block and I was really putting everything in for London, yeah. how it looked. And I was coming down, I got down to, um, I'm, I'm not afraid of sharing, I got down to like 60, just over 67 kilos, which for me is like, is race weight. Yeah. Got on the scales last week, we're, we're touching 70. Oh, yeah. <laughs> lockdown is lockdown is not being kind to me. Lockdown is well and truly convinced. But you know, I'm 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 but fine yeah. with it. I'm I'm yeah. more than happy. I think as you've said in your in the past, it's good to take you know be, uh, take a bit of weight. I'm not running as much miles. I'm eating a bit more. I'm drinking a lot more beer, and and, and I'm I'm absolutely fine with that because I know it will come down if I, if it needs to. Um, but but you also got to remember as well, like you know, if you're drinking more and things, you might just have a little bit. It could be a kilogram and a one or two k kilograms of water, and bit yeah, of retaining a little bit of water, a bit more carbs and things. And um, and, and are you are you met are you weighing yourself at the same time every every week? Yeah, or? Friday morning. Uh, Friday morning. morning. It's always Friday morning. I like to do it before the weekend. Just, just, to, try to, make, yeah, <laughs> just try to make you feel better. That's no, I, I, but I'm, I'm I'm fine with it, and I know that if, to be you know, honest though, like you're also you're also doing a lot of you know you're still training. You know you're still well, getting. I still feel in great shape. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah, I had, um, yeah, no, anyway, I mean, training wise, I'm actually, I've had a couple of good sessions and I, my, do you know, I'm really enjoying the long run still. I'm enjoying going out for 20 miles and sometimes I feel like, do you know what, this is horrible and I'm just going to set at like an easy pace. 
yesterday I felt great, so I just picked up and was clipping along at six minute miles. I see really, that you're really trying to mile six seventeen per mile or something. Yeah, and you know the first two miles were like seven thirty, so it was like it was quite yeah. a slow start. And I got on the D side line and just felt quite good. Um, well, do you know what? I, I wore a new pair of shorts for the first time, and it was absolute chafe city oh, to, the, no. to the extent. Anyway, I got in the shower afterwards. I was screaming. It's like <laughs> they, I've got big thighs as it is, and they're just like. <laughs> absolutely, and they're absolute bits down there. That's it. That's an extra two or three kilograms you're, you're carrying. You've got yeah, that's probably what it is. Yeah, that's probably. <laughs> the, the, anyway, tra- yeah. So training is going. Training is going as well as it needs to. You know. Nice. Um, how about you? Ah, much and such the same as as you, Tom, and and, and us before us per last week. So I got I think just just shy of ninety miles for the week and lovely. Uh, I'm, I'm just get I'm getting I'm getting the time just to get out for bigger runs you know not just a six a six miler I'm, I'm going out and, and beating around about the 10 for the day mm-hmm. and that's my general aim is just to get 10 in a big run and then if I feel if you feel good I'll maybe go out for a little bit more and um or I might go out go in the treadmill in the garage later on in the day or mm-hmm. start off in the treadmill in the morning um so yeah so I've been uh, what, have I, what have I been up to um yeah just getting some sessions and the sessions have been going on okay um, but it's so difficult to know because the roads around here, they're, they're all very undulating and unforgiving with, with some mm. of the, the, the roads. You know, you're, you're running. None of the roads in Afford are flat. Like, they're, they're all sloped. You know when you get the roads are sloped at, at either side? Mm-hmm. And then you've got, like, the middle bits, the only bit that you can run. But you can't really oh, yeah. run when you're going on business <laughs> roads, you know. Just Lots of beep, beep. Playing chicken with a truck. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> So, uh, but I, you know, like I'm, I'm just, I'm just being mindful of, of not overcooking it, not overtraining, and mm-hmm. um, but just, just establishing a, a good foundation, a good base um, that I can kind of work on when things start opening up again, opportunities start opening up later on in the year. So, um, yeah, and d- probably a little bit like, like you as well. It, it, just getting some of the other bits that you wouldn't often do and like done lace of brace, that sort of stuff that you've been doing yeah. with James and um, doing a bit more foam rolling, getting the hip hip sorted and things. So yeah, using that as an opportunity just to build and um, get get a sort of decent aerobic shape anyway at the moment. So so um, if, imagine, imagine that we get a racing calendar in after, say, let's pray that October onwards it happens, although... We do realise that Berlin has been cancelled, which is a bit of a, a scandal. But imagine October onwards, it comes back. It's, we start to see a, a, something like a normal calendar. What would your goals be? Are you looking to get to ultra there, or do you think you'll, or will you just say right, ultra's off for twenty twenty and go for ultra in twenty one? What's those? Um, I think do you know. I, I was think I was having a good think about this. I actually really want to to get do a few ultra or try and do a, a good. A high-profile ultra this year for can. Nice. Um, there's again, there's the Mozart one coming up in September. I think they haven't confirmed a date, but just one of the Ultra Trail World Tours. You know, one of those races. Um, yeah. I mean, it, again, it just all depends on travel as well. If we're allowed to go to these yeah. re- uh, countries and things, um, and and I want to, you know, I'd like to get a, a, a sort of top three there, and I really love that race. I think you know the city of Salzburg and. Um, starting and finishing there and going in the, the mountains is just absolutely phenomenal. And it's, it's also quite a runnable course as well, um, which suits my sort of strengths. There's a bit of climbing, a bit of descent, but nothing that I can't handle. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's the, other, there's the other side that wants me to 
kind of look at 100k on the road and um, and I know that looking at having the British 100k championships in September as well and I really like to have a go at getting a really quick time there um, and then I also want to you know I love to do a marathon as well but um, you can't have you can't you can't do everything you know? so I would say so that I mean that is that I think pretty much sums up your problem for the last year what do you want to do you know exactly. that we, you know and you've even talked about what run on a 5k PB which is which is admirable but if my opinion is having you know known you for a while but particularly in the last two years followed your running and training and life pretty closely for me I th- I would if I were you I would chase 100k on the road I think that's where you I honestly think that's where you've got an opportunity to do something great because you could run you could run a 5k PB yeah and it would mean that you could run 15 flat you could run 1450 who cares it, it yeah. would be nice for you but you could you could win medals at 100k on the road yeah yeah you know. i think you're right yeah yeah and i suppose um you know getting third last year the best champs you kind of have to regain at least a, a bronze anyway and uh absolutely but it, it also as well i think i mentioned a few episodes ago um when the the trial it will it, because the world 100k champs is, is off this year um the, it, it does serve as an opportunity to get a, another time because um, the time that I ran won't count anymore based on the current selection policy. Oh, really? Oh, so it means I have to do 100K at some point. Whether or not it's, it's in September or not will, will, uh, will remain to be seen, I suppose. Um, so what, and this one's the one in, it was in like... Uh, yeah, it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, no, it's in Gloucester. Um, Gloucester, sorry. September problem. and then the... The worlds were going to be in Gloucester, but they're no, not Gloucester, um, Netherlands. But it's it's not happening now. So, but we'll see what happens next year. You know, there, there might be a, a, an opportunity to do a hundred k, or or maybe try and fight for a GB vest in next year for a, some sort of major championship. But who yeah. knows? I don't know if they're going to cancel it outright or postpone it. We'll find out. So, um, so well, yeah, we'll see, that, yeah. I think you're right, though. You know, it would be nice to to do something like that because it's measurable as well, and um, and I also got to be mindful. It's uh, I'm I'm getting on in years as well, you know. Tell, yeah. <laughs> Although I think as an ultra runner, I think I mean look at some of the ga- the ga- ultra guys you know, and for even what we've had in the podcast. That yeah. I think ultra, you've got the you can go along, you can continue on longer. Um, yeah. And I'm I'm kind of I still I mean. I still, I still think you can, you can get faster. Uh, I don't, I actually, I don't think you're. I think you trained well for the hundred k, but I still think you can train m- more and better. And you're, that was your first time at the distance. I'm sure you'll learn it better. Yeah, I think it. you're right. Even, even the training, the prep for, I, I was happyish, happy enough. But I think there's a lot, of, a lot of lessons. You know, things that I maybe tried and maybe I didn't try enough or didn't try at all and um and you know we can test things out and and also you know learning about other other runners as well like top runners and what they do with training has also been insightful and has given me tools and that's why i like you know reading and listening about you know listen to some podcasts out there i was listening to uh, sweat elite jim they, they had a podcast out with jim Wallace. Oh yeah, big jim, uh, yeah yeah big jim you know his kind of transition from you know Western States course record holder winning that last year to um, you know getting getting in the Olympic marathon trials and running a sixty four flat. Uh, I nice. thought it was it's incredible. But I mean he's he's turning out like he's turning at one hundred and sixty one hundred and seventy mile weeks, which is incredible, ridiculous. And he he's self coached 
Um, and, and you kind of, at the end of, during the podcast, you kind of mentioned um, he thinks he might have maybe ran too much and he was a bit flat on the day of the Olympic trials, which I think is probably right, you know, like, if, what did he, he run again? Two, two fifteen. Yeah, yeah, I'm not convinced. I, I'm not convinced. Jim Walmsley is a quicker marathon than that. Yeah, I think I, that I was think, quite a tough think, course, but I, I think that there was too much hype about him. Personally. Yeah, I, I think so as well. I said that as well. Like I thought it was a bit too much hype about him because he's an ultra runner. You know, dabbling a bit of marathons. Yeah. Um, but you, you know, when you're running, I just don't understand how if you're running 170 miles a week, how that would transition well into doing a fast marathon I just can't get my head around it but, but. you know what? I was reading about, again London Marathon chat I was reading about Mike Grattan who won oh yeah yeah okay. was it 80 uh, I can't remember what year he ran it anyway won it. Anyway, apparently he was running 200 mile weeks I do, I'm not sure <laughs> I believe that I mean <laughs> maybe I'm, maybe I'm worth it I just I I'm, I'm astounded he was running like he would do a 20 mile race right on a Sunday morning and then go out and knock out like 10 in the afternoon I mean, he is, and he is, I mean, for me, that is the ultimate 80s hard fact. <laughs> it's like, how many miles can you do? Is uh, But it's like, running that amount of miles, does that, there's not a, a linear curve in terms of performance, really. Because when you compare all the other guys and girls, like, they'll, be, they'll be running good volume, but like, not, that's a, taking it to the extreme. But that's it. it goes back to like it works for some people and doesn't work for for others, you know. So yeah, who knows? I mean, um, uh, I mean, listen to you know, we had Calm Hawkins on. He was talking about his. I mean, they were he was talking about mainly singling for like up until yeah. hundred miles a week. <laughs> I mean, that's that mental. is that is mental to single hundred. But he's not. They're not even doing like you know seven eight minute miles. They're running six flat for. Bloody hell. I was thinking about it. So, Callum, what is his marathon pace? His marathon pace is about five-minute miling. Oh, it's faster than that. Is it? Like, if you're running a, a 210, it's, it's like four, sub five. Isn't it? Not? It must I, be. I, Two, oh, anyway, 208 what, is, is, I would say it's like 450 per mile or something, no, isn't it? Check it out. Because what I was thinking, I was thinking about it was on a run the day, because I was thinking, well, do you know, I run, my easy runs are between, I don't know, like 650, 710. And I was like, well, my marathon pace is, is 545. So is that, how does that compare to 10, right? I'm going to plug this into a calculator. 210 is... Um, Out of interest, how do you, uh, what, what app, app do you use to calculate I, pace? I use the... Uh, I use Mac, no, I use Macmillan running. Oh, dear. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, I guess it's all the same. Right, here we go. Um... Race time. So a two ten marathon is four fifty eight per mile. So he, remember, he's not a two ten. He's a two. Yeah. He's a two. Yeah. What is he? Two. Anyway. All right. So let's two eight. Say he's a two eight. So let's let's have him. What was that like four fifty three? Four fifty three is two oh eight. So he's 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 about fifty seconds a mile faster than me at a marathon. Um, so that's about so then i was thinking well no wonder then my my, my easy runs are about 50 seconds a mile slow than him i guess there's also an, e, an element of at what stage the muscle generally recover from an impact perspective but um i think that's the important thing maybe to take with a pinch of salt and everyone's it's, it's incredible you know six minute miles these boys are running but for an easy run but listeners shouldn't be worried that they're running you know, eights or whatever it is, if they're if they're a seven minute miler for for a marathon. I mean, these guys yeah. are professionals. Let's not forget running at an incredible standard. Oh, 
Absolutely. And well, talking about, talking about incredible standards, the Tartan Running Mums episode that is today, like I said, it was a fantastic... Oh, that's your doorbell, Tom. That's the doorbell. I'm gonna give, I'm, you, you, give, you give the intro to the Tartan Running Mums. I'm going to give him a thumbs up that you can just leave it there. <laughs> You'll just leave it at the doorstep, no doubt. Uh, sorry about that, folks. So, yeah, so the Tartan Running Mums episode. So, like, like I said at the start, we had... Um, but Jasmine Paris, a fantastic ultramarathon runner, a Carnefi Hill r- yeah. racer. Uh, we have Morag Miller, national multiple champion, and uh, De- my wife Debbie Gregg as well, who's on the show, and also a multiple national champion um, in triathlon, swimming, and is also a sub three marathoner. So have a listen to this, folks. Okay, so Tartan Running Shorts are delighted to have a special episode called Tartan Running Mums. Um, and with us, we have three fantastic athletes um, in their own right. So firstly, we have Jasmine Paris. This is the first time you've been on the show. Um, so Jasmine's an innovate runner, and she runs for Carnethy Hill Race Hill Running Club as well. Um, so just a, a few bits for her. Um, I'm sure she'll divulge later on in the show. But really, um, you know... She, Bob Graham round record holder did have the outright record for the Charlie Ramsey round uh, until uh, her friend Ez Treseder ran it and beat her by one minute. So yeah, in that year, 2016, she also came sixth at the UTMB, which was her first 100 mile race as well, uh, winning both the Tromso Sky Race as well as the Glencoe Skyline, which then made her the Skyline World Champion as well that year. Uh, in October, um, she also set a women's record for the Paddy Buckley round as well in Wales. And yeah, obviously she's also a mum and became hugely famous uh, by winning the spine race outright and also getting the course record outright as well, whilst expressing absolutely phenomenal. So yeah, fantastic resume. Uh, British fell running champion and Scottish hill running champion numerous times. So what an incredible re- resume she has. So next off we have, this is the second time Morag Miller has been on the show. So episode 56 and 57 and uh, needs absolutely no introduction as well. And complete opposite ends of the distance running spectrum too. So fourth at the European Cross Country Championships and as an under 23 back in 2008, just staged out of a medal. She's also been a member of the Commonwealth Games squad as well for the 1500 metres, run, actually running 800 metres it was in Melbourne. Uh, really impressive track record of 8 and 1500, uh, competing at the World Youth Champs, fourth at the British Championships in 1500 metres in 2010. Cross country 2017 National Cross Country um, Champion as well, short course champion in 2011, third at the Nationals in 2015 and 2019. East District Cross Country Champion in a few occasions, hugely impressive resume. And also we have, as I mentioned, we have got my wife on the show. And so Debbie's also got a fantastic resume as a, initially starting off in, in swimming as a, in the national squad in numerous national titles within that. She then, after retiring from swimming, transitioned into running um, and doing a few 10Ks and halves and then pushing the efforts into the marathon and finally breaking three hours for at the Edinburgh Marathon and during that time winning a few local races. So Debbie then decided to buy a bike um, and decided to take on the world of triathlon where she really found her forte in, in that and becoming a, a professional triathlete as well and is now the multiple Scottish triathlon champion and got a 920 Ironman to her name as well and 
not only has she done that, she's also decided to dabble in a bit of cycling and won the 100 mile national time trial championships. Interestingly for her, it was her breaking the, the national record on a bike as, as one of our kind of sideline sports. More recently, and this is one of the reasons we've now got a, a son, Logan, um, but six months postpartum, she got a PB in the Tallahassee Marathon. I'm going to kind of lead the, let Debbie lead in some of the questions because I don't really, you know, as a, as a father, it's, I know a little bit, but, um, you know, I'm sure Debbie can give you a little bit and, and Jasmine and Morag will explain some of their experiences um, as an expectant mum and as a mother as well. So, so yeah, Debbie, have you got some questions you want to, to fire away to start the show? So, Morag, how far along are you now? 35 weeks? Yeah, <laughs> I'm always like, because I think if you're quite active, you... It's quite tough, so I'm counting down, which might sound bad, but uh, I, I even count the half weeks, so I'm, I'm 35 and a half weeks now. Hey, I was all for that as well. Like, the end is near. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I, I take each, like, so each week I'm, I count down the weeks, but it's like every half week, so yeah, yeah, 35 and a half now. And Jasmine, you're pregnant too, right? Yeah, so I'm um, 29 and a half. Oh, that's really close. Oh, they'll be rivals. <laughs> um, how did both of you find find out that you were pregnant, Jasmine, both times? Um, yes, so I'll, I'll, I guess I'll go first. So the first time, um, uh, yeah, we was it was interesting because we were ski touring in Switzerland and um, I, at the start of the week I was just feeling a bit slower than the guys and um, I thought it was just kind of the altitude, but it didn't really improve over the week and still had a fantastic time. When we got back, um, I found out I was pregnant, so that kind of explained things. Um, yeah, and then I can't, what happened second time round, um, can't remember there being anything particular about second time round. Um, I think it was, yeah, I was maybe expecting that it might might be the case, and I, and I checked and, and I was, so yeah. Amazing. Morag? I was kind of similar, um, when, I was, when I was actually injured, um, when... I first found out, but I was getting back running, and I just remember one run in particular being like super breathless, like really, uh, and it was like my, you know, when you're easing back into running and you're you're not running that much really, and I was, I just remember like my hands and my knees being like saying to Lewis, I'm so breathless, like I don't actually understand why I'm so breathless, and I kept on going on about it, um, and because I wasn't running that much because I was still returning to running. Um, I was just like, oh, I must be really unfit, even though I'm quite good at cross training. So I was, I was just really confused. And then about ten days to two weeks later, I started feeling really sick. But it was like the whole day, so that was two days in a row. Oh, and that's sick. I mentioned oh, yeah. <laughs> it to one of the girls at work just because I didn't want her to think I was being off with her. I'm just like, I'm feeling really, really sick. <laughs> just so because when you're working, I work as a dentist, and you're working with your nurse, you're there all day. I didn't want her to think I was had an attitude or anything, I was just like, look, I'm just feeling really rough, I'm feeling really sick. And she's like, well, you should do a test. And I was like, it's one of those things where you're like, I know I, sh- I should, like, it's one of when someone else says it to you, but I was already thinking along those lines, I said. So then, yeah, and then we did a test, and then we found out, that's how we found out, so. I was probably the same as you, like, I was doing a rep session, like, one of the first ones back after injury, and it's not like me to do this at all, but I had a massive hissy fit, like, of not hitting a time that was, like, horrendous anyway, for, compared to you guys but for me it was going to be like a wee target time for coming back from injury and uh-huh. uh yeah just threw a hissy fit on a railway line 
and uh, I was like, this is not me, but I, I just didn't understand what it was. Um, mm. I didn't realize you got breathless and I just imagined that you got breathless when you were like the size of a whale because of the extra weight and stuff, but not like in the initial stages when you're like the same weight and everything. Yeah, that's, I, I remember that because the pregnancy books, if you look at, if you read those, they talk about it much later on. None of them mention it as like being the initial sign, but I guess if you're an athlete and you know your body quite well, then exactly. um, then it's a different, yeah. Um, I, just, I, totally, I totally agree with that because people say to you like, oh, because you're not sure, you're not showing any signs or anything. And that's the thing I struggled with the most is the breathlessness because people think, and I, I used to be the same. I used to think it was the size in pregnancy that made exercise mm. hard. But it's, the breathlessness is there from so early on. So that was like five or six weeks in for me. Uh, and it just, that's one of the main things that when it goes away after pregnancy, I think I'll get a big boost. I don't know, obviously, you, get, you girls will be able to tell me. But um, that's the thing I'm looking forward to when I'm getting back to exercise afterwards, and most of think. Oh, I felt like it went away straight away. It was amazing. The same as, um, unfortunately, the sense of smell. Like, I don't know if you got this heightened sense of smell. That kind of went away quite quickly too, but it was weird. It was like you leave the hospital and it's like you feel normal again. <laughs> yeah, I've got that as well. Because this will be, eat, like, we've gone, I've gone off certain foods. Like, I used to love these, like, barbecue pop-out crisp things. I used oh, to love them. I know them. the kind, yeah. Yep. <laughs> I can't stand them now. If Lewis has them, even if he has them like 10 or 15 minutes before I come in the room, I'd be like, you've been eating those things. <laughs> I just know you can smell it, can't you? Oh, see, I was like that with coffee. I completely went off coffee. I was addicted. I know you're not meant to drink too much anyway, but if anyone around work was drinking it, I felt horrendous. And then obviously not having the coffee made me so cranky and everyone like the first trimester asking is everything okay? You're not your usual, like, annoyingly bubbly self. And I was like, leave me alone. <laughs> How did you guys tell the fathers? For example, I thought I was amazingly hilarious. And I put um, my, the, the test in a bun and then put it in the oven and was like, your dinner's ready, Kyle, like, go get it. And uh, he opened the oven and I was like, bun in the oven, I'm hilarious. It took him maybe mm, 30 seconds and then I had to tell him. Yeah, it's funny. Do you want to go first, Jasmine? I do. I don't mind. Yeah, I can do. Um, yeah. So, because I guess when um, when when I found out after ski touring, when we got back, um, my comrade actually went straight to a stag do, um, and I um, and that was that wasn't even in Scotland. That was somewhere in the Peak District. And I went home and I did a test, and then I had to wait the weekend basically because I didn't really want to tell him by text. Um, and I did quite a few jobs in the house. I remember when he came back, I. Um, kind of went through one by one telling him what I'd done or what I'd unpacked and that sort of thing and then I said oh and there's one other thing and then um, I showed him the pregnancy test yes so but anyway, that's not as exciting as the bun in the oven so <laughs> <laughs> what I, I don't know if mine's I just think mine's that exciting either but um, so basically after those three days at work when I felt really sick and then I came home and I mentioned to Lewis and I was like look I think because my um, I know it's kind of overlapping, but like periods, they're not super regular. Like it's, it can be between four and six weeks kind of thing. Mm. Um, so it's not, it's not unusual for me to be late. But so, so there are a few things combined, but the sickness was probably the main thing. Um, so we had, a, I had an old test kicking about. So I said to Lewis, I think I'll go and try it, but I didn't actually tell him I was going to do it then. Um, so then that was positive. So then I was like, Lewis, I had to say to him. Um, so obviously you can't just rely on that one. Well, I was. I thought you probably could, but it was like, we need to get another one. But it was like, it was when the world champs were on in Doha. 
Um, so Lundlis is a total like athletics. He's an athletics geek. He's a proper stat guy. <laughs> and it was a ten k. The women's ten k was on, and he was like, "I was like, oh, we have to go to the supermarket and get another test." And he was like, oh, "But the women's ten k is on, blah blah." blah. And I was like, "I was like, we're having to go." So he just went straight away. Came back, and then I was having to retake the test. But he was, he was like, "Oh, I want to sit and watch the ten k." And I was like, "I'm not waiting. I'm not sitting here on the sofa for half an hour." <laughs> Yeah, yeah, competition. You, you wouldn't. I just, I was like, I'm not doing it. So I was like, you can pause. So you pause the TV. I went up, did it again, and then so basically that's how you find out. But it's quite funny. Oh, I like, like it. It's running related. So what sorry? It's running related. I like it. Like, well, I was like, I'm not sitting through to half an hour to wait to find out for definite. I was like, I'm just not doing that. So Lewis, like, rather than being super excited, was like, you made me miss the 10k in real time. <laughs> Because <laughs> it was, it was a really good tanky. Um, but yeah, he was like, it was, cause that's just because he's so into like, the athletics. So he was like, he was super, super excited because he's always wanted kids. So um, it was lovely. But at the same time, I was like, priorities, please. <laughs> yeah. So since this is a running podcast, um, how will maybe go in trimesters, maybe like, or just as general, like how you guys modified your training um, and did or have you either of you raced um, while pregnant? Jasmine, you want to go first? I guess um, I guess the two pregnancies. I probably get me to start by saying the two pregnancies have been a bit different. Um, so I, the first trimester, I actually raced with both of them anyway. Um, but um, so so with the first pregnancy, I think the, the kind of the biggest thing I in the first trimester I ran the. Um, Scottish Islands Peaks race which is um, a race that you do um, as a kind of team with runners and sailors um, you start in Oban and you sail um, to Mull um, and you run a um, mountain there then you sail to Jura and run over the Paps and, and then to Arran and run up Goat Fell and then you sail back, sail back to Troon so um, I actually did that so it was probably like 60 something miles of running over the course of um, a weekend um, all of it kind of pretty hill hill um fell mountain type running um and the partner the runners that i did it with knew i was pregnant but at the time the sailors didn't actually know um so yeah so i was 13 weeks pregnant and one of the worst one of the things i was most worried about with that was um seasickness because i couldn't take anything obviously um to help prevent it but in in the event it was actually fine um and then the second time round, um i ran the trigger race although i was just out of the first trimester by then so that's kind of about 24 miles in the peak district but basically the second time round, i just i found it kind of harder i was just um felt more sick in the first trimester like really struggled to go out running at all in the first trimester and um now i've just um as, as the pregnancies progressed my bump has got bigger much more quickly so a bit more relaxed and loose um yeah so um i think it's, it's been a bit different this time around which i can chat a bit more about if we talk about the other trimesters as well um yeah so uh i so it's kind of weird because i was uh so i was injured so i was coming back to running so not only was i with the pregnancy so not only was i progressing in weeks in the pregnancy but i was up in my running a wee bit as well so I actually have run a bit more during the pregnancy as it's and especially in the first trimester as, it, as it's going on and so I first I decided to do it just for a bit of fun like there's a Broxbourne cross country um but I hadn't actually I wasn't up to I was only up to running like the distance that the race was um so I did that I was quite pleased um with that because I 
came second. It was like, I was about, I can't remember if that's 11 or 12 weeks in or something, or it was 14 weeks or something. But, um, and then I did the East District Cross Country Championships, but again, I'd only been up to that distance because that Broxburn was quite short. Um, and then I did the East Districts up in uh, Piper Dam. Um, but that was like a, I don't know, it was kind of weird because I was, I was really tired because I wasn't used to running on that, on that terrain and that distance. So it was kind of a mix of me not being fit and the effect of pregnancy. So it was a sort of double whammy. And I, I thought after that race, I was like, well, that's going to be my last one. Um, but then it's turned out, and then I, I kept on doing park runs, actually. I really like park runs because there's like a no pressure and it's only three miles. So you just get like a faster run out. But apart from that, I'm not doing like any sessions or anything like that. And then I'll, I'll leave it probably until we go into other semesters. But um, yeah, I got... Uh, <laughs> They needed somebody for the Alan Scallies a few weeks ago, so well, that's probably a couple more than a well, a couple of months ago now. So I ended up doing that, <laughs> um, and I was pleasantly surprised. I'm just surprised at how my body can actually go quite a bit faster than I feel I'm able to in, in steady runs. Yeah, I saw your pace for that. You're like a medical phenomenon. <laughs> <laughs> I actually how that happened. I don't know. I don't. I think I think it's a racing thing, isn't it? Like when the race, when the race wheels kick in, and you just. Um, yeah, because yeah. I thought yeah but, your racing mindset would go, but I think it just kicks in as soon as the gun goes, eh? You forget that you're carrying a human. But and it's, well, it's kind of weird though, because you kind of got brakes on all the time, because you can't actually push yourself as much. It's weird, like it's like there's a protective thing so that you don't harm the baby or something. I just I can't explain it, but you can't get up to the other gears that you would normally, and it's not just a fitness thing. You can't. I've well, that's what I find anyway. I don't know. I just can't, and it's fine because it, there's no pressure to do that because you're not supposed to be doing that when, you, when you're pregnant but it's one of those things that yeah I, I wouldn't I don't even know if I'm I'm going to keep on I'm going to see how I get on the next sort of few weeks but I think I'm going to have to cut things back a lot but it's just for the reasons that uh, Jasmine touched on there so with um like Jasmine I know you said that you were um that your your running friends knew for the for the races that you were doing but um, and Morag, I'm not sure for the first trimester if you told anyone, but did either of you feel like there was pressure, like if, if you went slower, were people going to judge you given your CV in running? Or were you like, there's a race on, I want to do it? You know, I didn't, I felt like I, I said it's silly, it's like, don't be silly. I'd be like, oh, I don't know if I want to do that. Like, put yourself on the line and then you might get beaten by, well, you will definitely get beaten by people that you wouldn't normally... And then there were some, it was at Broxburn, so nobody, people didn't know because it was after, it was after the 12 weeks in, because that's, they told people. And I ran past someone's like, oh, that's more like, more McClarty, so my name was, oh, that's a, and they were surprised, as in, like, because I was, like, further down, and I was a bit like, afterwards I said to Lewis, and he's like, oh, it doesn't matter what other people think. And I was like, yeah, you're right. And I was really good as well, actually, I spoke to Michael Ross, we were chatting to Michael Ross on the way away, he's um, Freya's husband. And he was talking about how the effect on Freya and stuff. So, haven't I, do you know if, if I ever needed to go to someone for advice, I probably would speak to her. But I've been getting on okay, um, roughly during during the pregnancy. But um, it was it's it's interesting because other people obviously, if they don't know what's going on, they'll think well, you're having a bad day or something's happened to you. But you just have to take that on the chin because it's in the big picture, it's, it doesn't matter really, does it? No, exactly. Just class it as resistance training for when you've given birth and you're all ready to go again. It totally is though, because every run is so hard. Mm. So you like are I, getting a proper workout. I remember from my experience, like 
I could only do, like, if I ran, I could only, ra- like, do one-minute intervals anyway. So I just thought, like, oh, I'll do, like, ten times a minute on, a minute off. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe every second day, like, more, I know we've talked about the pelvic pain. We'll probably come on to that later. But um, I don't, did I, I don't think I raced at all when I was, oh, um, what do you call it? The Portsoy 10K I did at 36 weeks yeah. pregnant. Yeah. So didn't race for 36 weeks. And then... I came third in that 10k, but that was like obviously not a stacked field. But you you also mentioned about the like more like I said about the brakes as well. You just couldn't get going as well, although you were you, you were moving, but you just didn't have that extra gear. I think you and Lewis were very similar in that, like you were saying, it doesn't matter. Just do yeah. it because you love doing it. Don't care what other people think. As soon as they know that you're pregnant, it's not like it's like oh yeah, duh. That's why she's going slower. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I was actually going to be training for. The well, obviously the summer triathlon season. They don't have a winter one in Britain for obvious reasons. But um, any pain I had, or like I found swimming and cycling a lot easier, just because there's no impact. So uh, I was lucky enough to be able to just do that instead. Whereas I guess for you guys, it's a bit different because it's like, well, I, I guess you can cross train as well, but it's not the same as your pure running finesse. How's um? I know you were going to talk about the second and third trimester, Jasmine. Is that any different? Um, yeah. So, so with I guess with the rowing, with my first, um, so I did I did quite a lot of running during the second trimester. I ran um, I ran the Lamb Mountain Marathon with my mum um, up oh, nice. at Anchella. So there were like three generations of us running in that wow. team, and which is quite a nice nice memory. Um, and then I think when I was. Then we we hiked in um, Italy. Did quite a lot, of kind of quite intense hike, hiking around Grand Paradiso, um, for for a week. And then I ran the Rock Mountain Marathon. I think it, we, I was seven months pregnant then, and I ran that with my mum again. Wow. And one of the challenges there was just getting into a one man tent with a with a baby <laughs> with a bit with the bump and um, the two of us, you know. So that like, that was kind of um, amusing. And then with, um, yeah, as I say, with Rowan, I actually raced my last race just 10 days before she was born. So that was a Tinto ran, Hill race, was it? Yeah, I ran the yeah. Tinto Hill race, yeah, which was um, which was just like, it's just a straight out and back race. So I thought, oh, well, if I'm at the very back and everybody comes back and meets me, I'll just turn around with them and I won't go, you know, I'll... Um, but as it was, I was nowhere near the back, so it was totally fine. So, oh, nice. um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, that's um. So I suppose that's for me as a dad uh, or an expectant dad. I I was always a little bit nervous watching Debbie doing, for example, like the you know a race like that. I mean, you know, Conrad, I'm sure was supportive of you too. But I was always a little bit nervous how um you, you know you would race so so soon um just before giving birth. Now, was did what was it? What was that experience like for you guys? Um. You know, as a, are you quite reassured that you know everything's okay and and you know running up a hill, were, were you worried that you might fall or what, what did that feel like, Jasmine, for you? I guess um, no, not really. Like I um, that I just I just kind of took this approach to well both the pregnancies really is just doing what felt right. Yeah. Um. So and with the first pregnancy, like I didn't. I felt the bump felt really well supported. It didn't feel uncomfortable. Okay. I never really pushed myself with either of them to the point where well, I never pushed myself to the point that I was uncomfortably out of breath. And so, and so I just did it. And 
that's not a particularly technical terrain running up pit and toe and down and because I wasn't pushing myself it's not like you fall over if you walk down the street so for me that terrain would just be the same risk of falling over I felt as if I was just walking along the street so you know I guess it's all relative um yeah so I didn't I didn't feel it was um it was it it felt fine to me and I guess it was probably not good to keep active till the very end just and um, just in terms of then helping you be fit for labour and things as well. Yeah. Maura, do you stick to the roads? Are you are you kind of on trails now when you run because of the pelvic pain? Um, it's kind of changed. So initially, so I started getting pelvic pains quite early on. Um, so probably end of probably even in the first trimester, but they only tended to last for like a couple of days, and then I'd be fine for another sort of couple of weeks, and then they come back very severe for a couple of days again. So each time I've been thinking, oh, that's it, I'm going to have to stop. And then it's been fine. So I found that unstable ground initially would make the pelvic pains worse. But now I'm finding that if you mix things up a wee bit, it seems to be that if, you're, if you've got different sort of impact, if it's not the same all the time, then it tends to help. So, and, and now because my bump's bigger, I feel that it is probably worse on tarmac. Um, but I was the same. Like, so, so Lewis wasn't that keen... I was, I was doing park runs and sometimes I was saying, oh, we should do some reps afterwards. And then sometimes I'd do, I think it was four, four by a minute or six by a minute or something. And then Lewis would be like, oh, you're doing too much. You should stop and try and cut it down. But then as the pregnancy has gone on, I've kind of felt it out. And some runs, if I don't feel right, I'll say, look, I want to turn, I'm going to turn back now. And so I think he's, he's getting, so he's, he's getting that I'm just running to feel. Because it is difficult because everyone's pregnancy is so different that you can't... Some people are fine running right up until the end. Some people aren't. It just depends on what you can or can't do. But I feel really lucky because Lewis is a runner. So I think we might come back to this later. But he's been like so like really, really nice. Because obviously in, in this situation, we're in lockdown. So you can only use... Like, you can only go outside for exercise at your once a day. Um, so he's coming out. Every run that I'm doing, actually, I, I said to him, you could leave me and it's fine. But he wants to come out with me just to make sure that I'm okay, I think. Oh. But keep an eye on me, I think. <laughs> Giving you a virtual heart just now. <laughs> That's so cute. So prior to lockdown, I take it, did uh, did either of you like continue your doubles or how many miles a week were you both doing um, before this quarantine and, and now, I guess? Has it changed massively? Well, I guess this comes back to the whole, uh, I guess I didn't quite answer the um, bit about the difference with the second pregnancy, but... Um, with this time round, um, I found that uh, I, I sort of alluded to the fact that it's just been harder running. Uh, um, I sort of because in the last few weeks, I've started to get quite a lot of Braxton Hicks contractions, which apparently you can get from much earlier on, sort of 27, 28 weeks in the second pregnancy. Oh. Um, but that's kind of a bit disconcerting. So, um, so that happens now. It seems to happen if I'm running on the flat or downhill. But it doesn't happen if I'm running uphill. So I live beside, um, I live actually in quite a remote place, sort of on the edge of the borders, beside a reservoir that has quite a big dam on it. Um, so I can still, and that's right beside my house, so I can still do hill reps on the dam. So that's my current like exercise session each day is that I do hill reps on the dam because I can run up it. Nice. And, down, nice. and it's still comfortable to do that. And I think it's just because there's lower impact. So 
if I could like that's why I was uh, so um, before we were talking about the elliptical trainer it would be great to have something like a cross trainer at home because that would be low impact but um, obviously with and I can't swim at the moment because of coronavirus. So I've kind of just adapted. And the and the thing that I found that I can still do that sort of still gives me that buzz and that feeling of having done some exercise is is my hill reps. So <laughs> I do those beside the house. Oh, your um, hair sounds beautiful. <laughs> nice place to do hill reps, even if you do feel like horrendous. So you got Braxton Hicks while you're running? No, no so, so it, not 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 with the kind of doing these hill reps but that's like in the last couple of weeks when I try and run on the flat that's what happens yeah so Ooh. um I've just abandoned that at the moment I might I'll, I'll give it another go and see is that like um more I've alluded to I think that sometimes with at least I found this with the last pregnancy is that you kind of go through phases where things seem a bit worse and then seem to almost get a bit better again and I think sometimes you have bad days because the baby's lying in one position and then the next day it's actually better. So um, I wouldn't say that I, kind of my flat running is is definitely um, over for this pregnancy. But I'm, I don't if it, if it's if I'm going to get these Braxton Hicks contractions, then I won't definitely won't be pushing it. So I'm, I might well just have to stick with with the hill reps for now. And um, yeah, strength work. So I'm doing um, it's actually made me do some more kind of strength work than I usually bother with. And what, what sort of strength work are you, are you doing? You know, it's quite an interesting one because Debbie, you were doing some strength training as well uh, in the run-up, um, you know, for both reasons, for a, a, a nice, easy labour, but also, um, you know, that could help triathlon or your performances from that side of things. So what sort of things would you be looking at doing, Jasmine? I guess... Um... Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sort of naive about these things, but I've yeah. sort of found um, what I think seems to be fairly reputable um, things online that I, for prenatal um, yeah. kind of uh, strength sessions. So, um, or an, or just kind of adapted the some of the exercises that I previously did, um, the, uh, the kind of low impact ones. So anything that's kind of jumping around is not good, um, but things that are kind of squatting, um, and I think that's quite it's quite good to kind of build that strength um, not going necessarily that low and kind of you need to have your legs a bit further apart so you can get down with the bump. But that's um, yeah, those sorts of things. Yeah, yeah. I remember it well, like looking at YouTube videos and doing lots of clams. <laughs> oh, those clams. <laughs> um, Morag, if you were to give someone currently pregnant some tips on how you've coped with the pelvic pain and up to 35 and a half weeks um, of being pregnant, how would you um, guide them in training? Um, I would probably say that not to panic if you do start to get them because I, t I totally agree with what Jasmine said about things change. Um, so sometimes you go through a spell and you think, oh, this is awful, I can't, I, I don't want to be stuck like this because at one point in the second trimester, I got these um, severe SI joint pains. And it was, it's the worst, I've broken bones before, but this is like the worst pain I've ever had. Uh, it was agony. And I was walking, I was, I was at work, so I was trying to walk out to get patients and the girls could all see that I was in a lot of pain. And I was like, I can't, I was like and this was, so I still had like, it would be over two thirds of pregnancy left to go in it. And you hear about some women that are really unlucky that end up being like bed bound for months. And I was like, I don't, I was like, I take that so badly. If you're normally quite used to being active, I was like, I can't be stuck like this. So... Um, that was second. That was the tough bit in the second trimester when I was actually fe feeling physically better. I don't know if uh, if the listeners, the listeners might know, not know, but 
often like the first trimester is like the kind of like this is what I found anyway. The first trimester was really tough um, because I felt really sick and just awful. The second trimester I felt a lot better, but I, there were other issues, so pelvic pains and mm-hmm. uh, outside joint pain. And then this third trimester has been quite similar to the first. So I'm the same with Jasmine. You can't really plan. So I would just say try not if you can if you don't stick to whatever you had planned. In fact, I don't have a plan now. So often Lewis will be like, oh, what are your running plans tomorrow? And I'll be like, I just look at her. Like, yeah. yeah. I don't have any. Because <laughs> you can't make any. Because sometimes, like, the moment you wake up. So today I woke up and I was like, oh, I actually felt the best I've felt in, a, like, I don't know, two or three weeks. Um, but quite often I wake up and I just feel really rough and sick. And you know in those days that if you're going to exercise, you're going to have to either leave it till later and see if you feel better. But also... Other than that, you're not going to be nearly as productive as you would be if you felt felt a lot better. Mm-hmm. And there's loads of other things as well. So, like in the second trimester, I got really bad calf swelling, um, oh. well, well, ankle swelling, um, and actually it was rubbing on my trainer, so my ankles would like bleed uh, the left side. Uh, and I was like, oh, I'm going to be stuck with this, and you think it's going to get worse and worse, but it actually got better. So, I would say if if you're going through a tough time. Uh, then it, it, the chances are it won't last until the end of the pregnancy. There, there might be someone else that comes along, but um, I would try not to spare too much because most of the time, within a few days or within a couple of weeks, it, it'll settle and you'll be fine to keep on going with what you're doing. Wait, so, so is it fair to say that you had cankles and now they're gone? Yep, yep. Well, oh, wow. I've, got, um, I've got a wee sort of scar on my ankle where um, the, the side, it was just weird, like the side, my... my ankle was swollen up and it would just rub on the side of my trainer um oh. so i had to put a plaster over it but then sometimes it would rub off as well but now they've gone down so i can run now and i've got the wee scar there but it doesn't rub on my trainer anymore which is pretty amazing because you think in pregnancy that everything's just going to keep on getting like yeah that's what i thought wow yeah but it's fine now <laughs> i wasn't like i was probably the same as you morag like i didn't i my plan was to not have a plan but i did want to do something every day like there was maybe yeah. only a handful of days where I did absolutely nothing and that was when I felt, I didn't get sick, but I was like groggy and bloated and yeah. yucky, wasn't I? Yeah. Um, but on the days that even if I had no energy, I'd force myself to do like half an hour of Pilates or something, just which isn't yeah. really the norm for me, but it did make me feel better afterwards. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, so I totally understand, like I think that's great advice. Like your fitness will come back and like we say it's, resistance training now and it comes back like yeah. it does come back straight away hopefully i'll, I'll use you girls as an example hopefully that's fine <laughs> <laughs> yeah which leads us on to i guess the next one which you're not familiar with yet but it could be any any minute now i guess i, I suppose before oh. we go into that i just want to make a make a, an observation morag you were the trs runner of the week last week uh was it your eighteen twenty five 5k I, I, i'm sure you know but uh congratulations for <laughs> For, for that accolade, um, oh. quite incredible. <laughs> so, I know, I love how she just said I did okay, and it was like, it's <laughs> phenomenal. Because that was interesting, because that was, was that about, that was about six weeks after Alan Scally, so I ran, I can't remember the time now, 17, I think it was 53 or something for that's Alan right. Scally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is not totally flat, I don't think that's a super fast course. And then Lucy and I were talking about it, and I was like, I'll go out and try and do it for the girls, so... We were trying to, I was trying to go for sub 20, so I messaged the girls to say, look, I'm going to go out, I'm going to try, try and go for sub 20, because I'm only doing like seven minute miling yeah. fast on my steady runs. Um, so, yeah, it was, I was really pleased and surprised, but it was 
isn't interesting because I really paid for it afterwards because like, my pelvic pains were the worst they'd be. I think it's because I was trying to go faster, so the impact of you trying to go faster. Yeah. Uh, so I was in pain like that night, although I wasn't. I was in pain in the warm up, and I thought, oh, I'm not. This is not going to happen. So I was like, well, I'll just start it anyway and see. And then it ended up being fine, which I was surprised about. Warm down was a bit sore. That night was really sore. And then Debbie and I were actually messaging then, and you suggested the hot water bottle. So I got the feet bag out, which was amazing. It was such a good relief. I tell but you. Then the, next, the next day, even walking about, I was I didn't. I couldn't run the next day because I was too sore. The pelvic pain. Yeah. So yeah. I had the body telling me that I shouldn't run that fast anymore. You are, you're amazing. Like, I remember the amount of compliments I got after my little 10k when I was 36 weeks, going like 42 or 43 yeah, minutes. Even, even that was, was phenomenal because I, I was expecting you to. And there was 1820. Yeah, yeah. It was, and that's, it was, I was like, what, what are you doing in what, second place in, or something like oh, that? Oh, do you remember? I couldn't warm down though. Was, I was uh, hobbling back to the car. That was the thing. It was, you know, the post, post race, as you, were, you were in bits. And, and that's maybe something. I don't, Jasmine, maybe you've got, had that experience too, but um, perhaps, uh, you know, we're, as, as competitive athletes, we, we really want to go hard and go home and then maybe it's, um, but you're, you're all right and it seems that listen to your body and, and run to how you feel, but sometimes you do run to how you feel and you, you forget what you're going to feel like afterwards. That's maybe, yeah. Yeah. So Jasmine, just um, to finish off while being pregnant, the marathons that you were doing and the the long long trail runs did you find them less or more painful than like the little impact um high impact ones like your hill reps um well i guess um i think the thing about long runs is like things like the um when we did the scottish islands peaks race is that um a for longer runs you don't tend to be running as fast anyway and um be if you're running like if you're running over more technical terrain you don't move as quickly either so um i found that that kind of the longer runs that were over more technical terrain in in some ways were kind of easier while i was pregnant although obviously at the end as i, as I pointed out you just you just be kind of being aware of the risk of falling is, is more of an issue um now um now in terms of i think now it's just really that running up hills easier regardless of what terrain it's on um just because it makes the bump bounce around less and I think that's what's like triggering these contractions that I'm getting but um but yeah I didn't I guess I've with both pregnancies I've done a bit of kind of faster work so I ran my first park run actually when I was 36 weeks pregnant with Rowan and and then and then I ran it was funny because I ran one at 39 weeks pregnant and then I had her on the Wednesday and then I went back to the park run with her in a sling and I didn't I didn't run run at that point but um, (laughs) the next week and somebody looked at me and said were you here running last week with that baby um still in utero and I was like yeah (laughs) (laughs) it was very funny um but yeah so um so I did a bit of both faster stuff as well um but um I was nowhere near as fast as as um 18 minutes so (laughs) so both of you just to round off the pregnancy thing uh no barbecue poppers for you Morag but any other cravings or aversions to go uh, yeah um so i not so much i guess with both pregnancies i've kind of gone off tea um i don't really drink much coffee anyway but i usually love tea and i've kind of gone off that i've sort of gone off chocolate anything sweet really and um but 
weirdly, I sort of like, like especially with my first pregnancy, I kind of got quite into kind of um, not very healthy sort of like battered fish and chips. I wouldn't usually be my thing at all, but and um, when I was pregnant, I actually quite enjoyed that sort of thing. <laughs> so <laughs> it must be the body telling you that you need you need it or something. But yeah, that's me. Laura. Um, I've got, I just love like fruit juice at the moment, like, I, I love it, and also anything like sugary or, because I don't normally eat, I normally eat a bit of chocolate, but not, not tons. I'm eating so much now, at least just looking at me as I'm like, munching my way through. Yeah, but it was Easter or... season, you chose to be pregnant at a good time. <laughs> you got Christmas <laughs> and Easter. <laughs> yeah, dangerous. Mine yeah. was, I had, uh, was it not like... February oh. time or something, and I needed hot cross buns, and oh, it was hot like cross buns, yeah. they weren't out yet. But... I'm a massive believer in hot cross buns. I, was, <laughs> I made I was, real I drive was... to the 24-hour Tesco, and they wouldn't even do them. <laughs> <laughs> it was too early. Oh uh, yeah, the the thing that you went off was coffee. Yeah, I've already yeah. said that. Like yeah. it was, I just couldn't have anyone around me doing it, and then I was groggy from not having it. But apart yeah. from that, I really, I like, I don't drink that much, but I really missed. I think it was maybe because it was over. Christmas. I just missed like a nice glass of red by the fire, didn't I? Yeah. Um, Which I, I think for the dads listening, it's super tough when your wife or your partner, whoever, can't drink alcohol. For for me anyway, um, I felt really guilty having a glass of red by myself. Ah, but can I just point out you didn't stop yet? <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. But what about Morag? Is, is Lewis a beer drinker or wine drinker? What's he like? We're both quite weird. We don't yeah. actually like the taste of alcohol. Oh, We're just well, nice. What, what, Jasmine, what about Conrad? What's is he up here? Um, yeah. So I guess we don't drink that much, but I yeah. um, but but yeah, I think that we would occasionally have a bottle of wine, and he's sort of missing um the company. But yeah. um, for that, it's funny because we might. That's I, I guess I didn't mention that, but with the with the two pregnancies I've both times I've actually had a craving for something that I can't have so the first time it was weirdly pate um that and I think it was just because you're not supposed to have it and so I started craving it so pate was the first time around and the second time it's wine and I don't usually (laughs) drink very much at all but now I really really want a glass of wine so um yeah it's not from a just drink yeah yeah. tuna so I like tuna but in the first trimester I was like I just wanted tuna all the time Oh but yeah, you're only meant to you have, have a bit. Yeah. You, can't have, you can't have like loads, you have to limit it and I just wanted it all the time. <laughs> so nightmare, cause normally if you want something, maybe I'm just blaming it on the pregnancy, but normally you want something, you just want it. But in pregnancy when you want something, you really, really, really want it. <laughs> like, did you find that? Yeah. I yeah, you're like a crack addict, aren't you? You've got to have it. But oh, then you can't. To, so I you can't hate yourself. Thinking about it. <laughs> I had to force myself to have water. That was like an opposite thing. I didn't want water at all. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I had to be warm. Cold water sounded awful. Anyway, that's not unrelated. I'm being told so. Fourth trimester, which I know isn't an official term and not for Morag yet. But um, how. Just, just for the listeners, some, the dads might, or the, not dads, some people might not know what the fourth trimester Stop is. Stop interrupting me, I was going to explain. <laughs> So after, so I don't know, um, Jasmine, how your labour, uh, what your labour story first time round um, was, and if it was bad, maybe we shouldn't share it because Morag and yourself have got to go <laughs> do it again. <laughs> but um, after labour and everything, uh, your experiences um, getting back into running? Yeah, so um, 
I'm, I'm happy to share my labor, um, brief labor story, but my daughter was, um, she was an undiagnosed breach. So it was oh, a no. bit exciting in the sense that she was like part way out. And then they were like, this isn't a head. This is, um, <laughs> this is not the head. Oh, um, so, uh, so, but then she was actually born anyway, without any like intervention and it was all fine. And we went home like six hours later. It was amazing. So was that not painful? Pardon? I mean, I think everybody's birth experience is sure. I don't know. I am hoping that it, that means it shouldn't be worse this time round, but I I don't know. Um. Anyway, so I and I recovered like I was I was lucky. I felt uh, I recovered quite quickly. Um. I just had some stitches. Um. So once that they'd kind of healed, I felt okay. I started running again just really gently about four weeks after she was born and then a bit more that kind of picked it up a bit about six weeks afterwards um I sort of expected that that GP check that you get at like six to eight weeks was going to be a bit more sort of involved but realistically they just asked you how you are and mm. um so uh, yeah once I'd been to that I was like well I just might as well crack on and start training again so um I started running more and um yeah, the way we kind of worked it was that my was comrade looked after Rowan every day from sort of six till eight a.m. before he went to work, and um, those were kind of my two hours to go running. Um, and usually, um, usually, like we managed to make it work. It was just you know just making sure the baby was fed before I went out, really, because you know because obviously he couldn't breastfeed her. Um, and um, it was it was difficult at first, sort of getting fit again, because. Um, it's a bit of a shock to the system if you go running. I remember going running with some friends that usually I would have no problem at all um, running with, but I was like definitely kind of they were all waiting for me, you know. So it was just it took it took a while. You sort of had to swallow any pride and just get on with it and realizing, you know, accept that you were going to be, um, yeah, not fit and and it was going to take a while. Um, so how long after my, the birth but, were you running? How many days or weeks or? So sorry, how soon did you? Yeah. Say? Yeah, so um, I kind of started at sort of around four weeks, sort of three and a half, four weeks to, to run again. I mean, I was walking, we went walking like a short walk the day after she was, like the morning after she was born. So, but but actually running was about four weeks afterwards. Oh, you were very similar as well, weren't you? you? You know, you got back into it quite, quite quickly as well. And um, I had a very, Morag, I had a very good labour, so let's hope that running does <laughs> Um, I think I told you the story, but I was uh, uh, two hours after my waters broke, uh, Logan was born and I was about 25 minutes in hospital, so it was manic for you driving, but... The drive was like a race, you know, just in a vehicle, but yeah, it was, it's interesting you talk about, you know, the experiences of, of, uh, you know, mother and father and and, and, and training, obviously we're both runners and, you know, Conrad's a runner too, and... um, so yeah, it's good that you you manage to juggle that about, and I'm sure some listeners will, you know, they might have, um, you know, both be runners as well, and uh, you know, but for for me, I suppose I was training for the UTMB at a ridiculous time. <laughs> it was like six weeks of um, of of pure training and pure running, and um, just going out in the hills near near where I live. And but what what you did, you did a lot of walks with Logan, and um, and, and which. Because yeah, the sling's the, amazing, isn't the sling it? Sling was fantastic, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. like having a sling, what a godsend! You know, just put that on, and you can walk anywhere. And we were lucky enough to have good weather at the time too. So yeah, July. Um, yeah, in July. So, so that was quite good too. 
Um, but what I suppose one one sort of notable thing, Jasmine, is you know soon after when when was your sort of first race that you did? Because um, after after uh, Rowan, how soon after was that? It was um, the British um, the first the British Champs races. Right. Okay. Which was in um, April, so I, was, I think Rowan was about four and a half months old. Yeah. Um, so that was like the I might have run a park run or two before that, but um, yes, that was the first one I, um, I, I remember. And um, it was it was yeah. So we went over to Ireland, and um, I actually yeah, it actually kind of went much better than I expected it to go. And it helped that it was kind of quite rough terrain, and it was also really foggy. So some people got lost on the last descent, but I um, I won that race, and so it was a really good um, boost for morale Amazing. and coming back from, um, yeah, from having the baby. It was a good one. I wouldn't use people getting lost as a reason that you won. <laughs> like, that's incredible. I know, yeah. yeah. Uh, then... uh, only one person, like, only one person was in front of me that got lost, but, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's part of the race, isn't it? Yeah. You, you, you race fast and you don't look at your map and compass, then, yeah. um, then you're taking a risk. Exactly, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's part... one of the advantages of being a bit slower is that you have more time to navigate. So. <laughs> you, can, you can see the people who get lost and you know the, the, into, the, into the clouds that go away. Um, and then soon after that, there was I think it was pro- it was recognised um, quite quickly. You know, you did at one of the stage races. I think was it the UTMB? It wasn't the UTMB. Was it the the one that you you were expressing during checkpoints? That was what was that again? That was. What was that one, Jasmine? The spine race. The spine, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean that—that yeah. that, that was incredible. Um, just talk us through that experience. Um, you know how how that all worked, how that all worked with not only in the race but you know expressing with Rowan as well. How what was that like? Yeah, so there was it was actually a little while later. So um, yeah. that was like kind of the next winter. So Rowan okay. was um thirteen month, thirteen and a bit months. Um, so she was already eating other solid food, but she was still being breastfed. And when I raced that race, because it's a kind of nonstop 268 mile race, um, I was obviously couldn't just go all that time without um, sort of doing something about the accumulating milk. Um, yeah. But at the same time, um, I so I, I, knew, I knew that I needed to either express or feed Rowan. And um, we decided that it would be less stressful for her to not kind of repeatedly see me and have me go away. So she was just in Scotland with Comrade um, and had expressed milk um, frozen in the in the freezer if she needed it in bottles. Um, but I expressed as I went along the race so that I wouldn't, um, yes, yeah, so that I wouldn't have problems with mastitis and stuff. So um, it was actually, it was interesting because I did quite a lot of training. Uh, well, I did a lot of training for that race. Um, most of it sort of at the crack of dawn um, um, all the way through that kind of autumn winter. Um, but the thing that I was most worried about when I got to the start line wasn't really the kind of physical aspects of the race. It was the fact that, you know, it was leaving, it was leaving Rowan and, and, and Comrade and, and being away from kind of my baby for that long. So yeah. that's, I think that's another kind of thing to bear in mind that um, like talking about running after, after having a baby and it, it's, it's, it's really hard to explain before you, before it happens to you um, just how much, it changes your mindset because I don't for me I don't think it was as much the physical aspect as it sort of changes your way of thinking like it it kind of it it, it resets what you everything that you think is important it kind of it, it resets everything so um yeah um so I think thing for me in some ways it was kind of the emotional changes afterwards that were the 
with a bigger kind of um, change, I guess, in, in kind of my relationship with running. Um, I still really love it, but, but it has changed in, in some ways. I think sometimes it changes you for the better, though, because you can, you're like, priorities are different and there's not as much pressure because at yeah. the end of the day, it's not important. Yeah, I agree. Like, yeah. huge admiration for still breastfeeding was it up, to, like, past 13 months. So when did you yeah. stop? I think I stopped in the end of, like, 15 or 16 months. It was, like, I'd sort of been planning to stop before the spine, but I didn't want to force the subject. But then it was interesting because I ran that race and she just, like, self did the night weaning in the process of those three nights that I was away. She stopped feeding at night. Um, and um, so that was like a massive improvement to my quality of life because and I suddenly like got much more sleep at night. So um, yeah, for anyone that's trying to night wean their baby, all you need to do is like go and run the spine race. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Interesting now, advice. Yeah, I mean, I, I know all about the spine race, but you know, while you're on the show, like, you know, you, you would, the press were hounding you and we didn't want to do that but tell us just a brief synopsis of what the spine race is and you know essentially as I mentioned at the start you know you, you not only did you win the race you outright you also got the record outright as well which is absolutely phenomenal um, but just tell us a little bit about it and you know what, what it's like. Um, yeah so I guess um, so it's like um, it's a 268 mile race along the Pennine Way which runs from Edale in the Peak District to Kirkyet Home, and um, kind of on the Scottish um, border. And um, it's um, so it kind of runs through all the kind of remote um, hilly areas of the kind of spine of Britain. Yeah. And it's um, it's run in mid-January. You have to carry all your kit, so including all your food that you're going to need, and including a sleeping bag and and the kind of tent or bivy to sleep in. Um, and cooking stove and that sort of thing. Um, you have to navigate your way, um, and crucially, it's it's a kind of it's a non-stop race. So you, the race starts on the Sunday morning, and then it finishes at the point when you cross the finish line. So um, your decision of of how much to sleep really impacts is really important because you you don't want to sleep too little because you're probably yeah. just going to crash out. But if you sleep too much, then you'll obviously lose lots of places and time. So it's it was kind of a different challenge than anything that I'd done before. Maybe having a baby, the sleep deprivation was amazing training. <laughs> it, it for sure was. Um, it's a really interesting thing because like on the first night, I really struggled. And I think it was because my body was so used to getting only like five or six hours of sleep a night that I when it when it when it thought it wasn't going to get it it was telling me like go to sleep go to sleep go to sleep and then after that first night when I just not let it go to sleep it was like no okay then we're not going to sleep (laughs) and and then after that the second and third nights were in some ways much easier so um it was a bizarre one but I I think it did definitely help um and it's 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 interesting because right now I'm sleeping a huge amount like I'm sleeping eight or nine hours a night which for me is a lot um so I can't imagine what it was like to sleep that little but as I say before I think I think it helped me having a, a baby and being up multiple times a night to breastfeed um in in terms of sleep deprivation training lots that Morag has to look forward to <laughs> <laughs> um well Morag like I because of my uh pelvic issues I um I I, I don't know if I'm not a doctor but the um sound like Donald Trump. I think yeah. <laughs> I think that the um the breastfeeding maybe continues the loosening of the ligaments in that area. So I managed to breastfeed for like six six months just over. Yeah. Plus Logs has like eleven teeth, so I did not want uh, 
that on me. Um, but so I didn't go as far as thirteen months, but um, I found the six months that the training got better after that. Eh? Yeah, I, I think you you find you know a bit like what Jasmine's saying about obviously if you've got quite a lot of milk, then it's quite difficult. Could be quite difficult to run, and um, you know you would you'd have to express before you go and do a session, for example, and or a big long run or something. Like that. Yeah, I started expressing to, from the start, but then mm. uh, and which was great for my training. And for you to get that kind of bond that you yeah, wanted in the yeah. mornings and uh, yeah. to do some night shift. But then you went back to work and um, he had reflux and colic, yeah. um, probably from gulping too much from the bottle. So ultimately it had to just be me. So like not nowhere near on the scale of you, Jasmine, but before um, I did a half marathon at when Logs was five weeks old. So I'd been running about a week and a half, maybe yeah. just, a, just a week. Um, and I was breastfeeding in the car like three minutes before the gun went off, no warm up. And then again, well, you're breastfeeding behind uh, it was a craftless half marathon. Was oh, a that was ten there. weeks, yeah. And you're sitting on the bench. Uh, oh my <laughs> there's, like, goodness! Two minutes going past, and you're like, oh, I thought I was found the perfect uh, secret hiding spot time, to breastfeed. Yeah. Like I'm not, I'm quite reserved, and yeah. I was like not comfortable with it at that point. And uh, little ten week logs behind the castle, and all these <laughs> tourists come yeah. out taking pictures of the castle and I'm right there with my yeah. boob out. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. But I mean, I, I suppose, you know, a question is like, you know, Jasmine, you, you raised it in terms of like, you know, not physically, but mentally how, how you know, you, it's effect, it affects you and, um, and oh, it's all for the good, you know, these, these things, your priorities change. And um, what, one thing for you, Debbie, you know, you, I think you did, you did realise the importance of, of you know what comes first and um and then balancing our lifestyle as well was was quite a big thing too and um but races you know we did that race and um or you do your training but we would just structure that in a way that it would work for both of us but the priority was always Logan and that's probably something to bear in mind as well for for listeners as well yeah so Morag if we've not either scared you to death or you've fallen asleep would um, what kind of tips would, would Lewis give to the guy side of uh, listeners to support in expectant runner mums? Obviously, Lewis is a runner, so I don't know. He's just been... He would probably say this to be supportive because he's been absolutely amazing. Because uh, there would be sometimes... So it's like, I don't know if you know what I mean, but you want to... I want to keep on going as long as I can, even if it's just a little bit of running because I think couple of things I think it'll make the labour a bit better um, but then also I think it'll make my return to running afterwards a bit better because um, there's just something about impact that you can't reproduce with cross training and you always get wee niggles and problems if you haven't had the impact going through your body I don't think mm-hmm. um, so he's been really amazing at supporting me just with loads of things so if I'm not feeling great he won't like push it or, or then if I'm when, when I'm going to run I need to I can't do a run now without stopping he just I just say just try and be supportive and be really patient because I'm having to stop so many times. Well, there was loads last night, but um, normally it's not as many as that, but for loads of different reasons. And uh, he, from just being there and being really patient or to taking my, my biscuits or my sweets or whatever, he'll carry yes. anything. That, oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> Lewis, you're a hero. <laughs> yeah, he's doing really well. Because I, I, think, I think part of the reason, he wants to keep an eye on me a wee bit, I think, because... I don't know if you ever had this, but have you ever like crashed when you're on a run? Like, not as in like 
crashed energy levels wise. Did you girls get that? Did I? Um, I don't think it went for long enough. Like, <laughs> like, even if it's just a short run, because like, it was really good. He found uh, an article, it was Paula Radcliffe, and she was giving advice by her sports doctor um, not to, like, she's supposed to eat straight before and straight after, and that's what I found I've had to do to make sure that I can get through, through a run. So normally before, I wouldn't have been able to eat right before a run, but now I can have, like, a... And it's caramel wafer or something right before I go out the door, and then that's the secret, everyone. You hear that? <laughs> yeah, I I agree with that. I like I also didn't used to run at all before I ran. I eat or eat at all before I ran, and now like since being pregnant, then that kind of changed. That yeah, I have to have something before I go out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then when you come back in, I have to have something quite quickly afterwards as well. Yeah. But I can't. I, if you look it up, it was on BBC, I think. But he found it. It's weird because. I just say just be really supportive because obviously if it's first time pregnancy and if you're finding your way through things, it's amazing how many things I'll be doing or I'll find out, I'll I'll just intuitively feel that it's right and then uh, then we'll read it somewhere or we have this really good app. I would, I would recommend getting um, an app. We use it, the Baby Centre app. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Is that the we yeah. have a wee update and often it'll go through the symptoms and often it's amazing the number of times like that that preceding week I've been saying oh I feel this or I've noticed this or and then it'll come up in the app it's absolutely amazing because it's obviously really hard for dads because you're just going on what we're seeing you're not knowing how we feel and it just feels really good for me when it's reinforced by something like educational because you feel I don't know, you, you don't think that they think you're making it up, but sometimes you feel you're being over dramatic. And, but it's really good to see that other people feel the same thing as you do. So I think we've all found that today, like I'll see something and then Jasmine will feel the same, or Deb will see something and I totally identify with that. So yeah, yeah. I'll see that. Yeah. Just be really supportive and, and I think downloading an app would be really good. The Baby Centre one's really good. Yeah, I like the sound of that. Well, Jasmine, what about. Um... Conrad, what's um, you know, is, is there anything that you think, or even yourself, that you would give advice to the to the to the runner dads out there, or to the dads out there that would help the mums? Um, I'm trying to think. Really, I mean, Conrad's been really fantastic as well. I think yeah. it's just um, you know, we I guess we have quite a sort of equal um approach to parenting, like in the sense that we. Um, like it, our time's kind of equally divided. We both, um, we both have careers that, um, and we both um want to run, um, and obviously spend lots of time as well with Rowan. So it's really well divided. So the kind of mornings are my training time, and um, before work, and then he trains in the eve evening after work, and then we kind of converge for dinner afterwards. Um, so I just, I guess, I, I think the kind of the, the as equal as you can make it if you can both um make sure that you have a time that's yours to you know and and then it, and then if you've kind of worked out a regime then it's it's actually easier for for you with the child as well the child gets used to it and it's kind of like if I'm there in the morning she's um Rowan's like almost like well daddy does it this way you know um because because she's used to daddy doing the morning routine yeah. and me doing the afternoon routine so um, yeah, it, it's it's. I think it's good if you can kind of work it out so that you both have your own space to be, you know, to be not just a parent, to kind of have your own um, niche. And, and, and Comrade does that, yeah. It's, it's been really good. 
I, I think you're, you know, as a, as a father, you're absolutely bang on, Dasha. It's really good, refreshing to hear that. Um, I, I think for me, that's kind of the, the, the approach that we both take. Um, we, you know, the, in the morning, I'll try and get something done. If I end up doing, you know, be getting up later, working later, it, it could send uh, our routine into spirals almost you know debbie needs a plan a structure i'm throwing logan there uh, and then that's me my time with, with logan i suppose it, and, and it's you know running does take up a lot of time like yeah i wish debbie did another sport other than triathlon because she wants to swim bike and run and i'm like god it's, it's I'm a lot really less difficult now, yeah, mom guilt yeah, is yeah, real. yeah yeah i mean that's the thing you say you know it's uh, getting the time that you, you, you put in before um, and when you know as an Ironman when you're as a pro um, there's a lot of hours and you say that now you really do get the guilt and um, before though because I was like this year okay we've got Covid now but this year I was like I'm going to break nine hours in the Ironman um, and now I'm like but Logan <laughs> <laughs> and I think yeah. that I advice that I would give her experience that we've got I'm slowly learning that it's actually great for you to have your own time with them well, it, gives a, it gives us peace from so if i'm gone well, for three hours four <laughs> hours i don't think logs would notice and he'd actually be quite excited to see me again yeah. rather than oh there she is again yeah. should I, he'd actually be excited and you get your special time with him yeah. so i'll yeah i think that uh routine's great and you have to do something for yourself you're right jasmine yeah yeah Okay, well, I think um, that was it's quite a good note to leave on, and um, I really enjoyed this episode. I think it's been brilliant, really insightful, and uh, really appreciate you guys coming on and, and just chatting about your experiences. And both Molag and Jasmine, I wish you all the best, and uh, you know the the, the the wee one that's gonna gonna come very soon. Um, and uh, yeah, it'll be great to see how your running progress shapes up in the next uh, few few months i hope they all do a race together yeah that's it <laughs> that's it we, we, you know what we could do get the get the running buggies and then um, you know do like a wee a wee running buggy race or something that'd be quite cool eh? um, yeah you know but it has to be relevant to everyone's terrain so we kind of have to get jasmine on something slightly technical but for morag flat and maybe round a track as well, you know, with some rocks thrown in. I'm also not keen for virtual and buggy runs to add to this. <laughs> virtual buggy runs, there's, there's one for us, eh? Uh, so, yeah. So, is I'm it... looking forward to this, the testosterone boost that everybody goes on about. Yeah, yeah, well that, well that, okay, right, I know we're going to say, let's stop now, but Jasmine, have you had any of this, like, you know, a few months later, this big <laughs> boost of performance that everyone goes on about, or what's your... I, I honestly think it's too it's really hard because there's too many confounding factors in that because yeah. you um, you do yeah I, I don't know it's just hard to say because you, you obviously lost fitness in the sense that you've not really been training hard um, so you, you're coming back after that um, obviously it's suddenly easier because you're not carrying this huge weight around and because you um, you can breathe again and um, because kind of um, but, but at the same time things have to need a bit of time to tighten up you know before everything feels completely like um strong again so there's, there's a lot of different confounding factors and um yeah I, I i can't say i honestly had a sudden moment where it felt like oh this is amazingly easy it just felt like i was getting fitter again after being um after after having having time out um yeah i would agree i think i think i feel like i've got more power but maybe 
because before I was just doing shorter, faster stuff rather than my usual like well training for like a nine hour race like um, I don't know my FTP before was a lot lower but then that's only 20 minutes like last week remember I did that it was like 300 watts nearly for 20 minutes and the, the sorry this is on the bike I and mean, everyone can turn off now <laughs> <laughs> but like I've noticed that I'm stronger but I can only last maybe 20 or 30 minutes whereas before mm. I could maybe yeah, do that two or three times yeah yeah, yeah but maybe a, a little bit less Right, okay, I know we're about to say, you know, thanks very much, but Morag, I know you've done fartlet questions. I take it you've done them with Tom, did you? Morag, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, well, Jasmine, while you while we've got you, do you mind if we give you a few fartlet questions um, and uh, <laughs> and then we'll we'll let you go, if that's okay? Yeah. Yeah. What are they? Are they like, like fire away? Fire yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like kind of one word answers, you know. Uh, so, so one, so the first one I've got, it's, uh, it's just like, you know, what's your favorite? Well, let's start off with a nice, easy one. What's your favorite race? Um, this is not an easy one at all. Oh, I'm going to say the Durafell race. Oh, so. nice. That, do you know, we've got an extended list of TRS races and Judah is actually on one of them, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> one day, yeah. Um, and then we've got fell, fell or ultra. What's your what would be your favourite sort of discipline? I would say fell. Yeah. Okay. Pre race meal. Pre race meal. Oh, it's usually porridge. Porridge with raisins and almonds. Um, oh really? Toast. Oh, that's an interesting one. A lot of people say porridge. You, you're a big porridge uh, fan. Callum Hawkins, he was a porridge fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the all the greats have got porridge in their diets. That's something to <laughs> think about, listeners. Uh, favorite movie? Uh, oh, that's that's another one. Pretty hard. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't think I can just say one. No, um, you can say two if you want. I'll let you off. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> maybe kiddie like films now with Rowan. Kiddie, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. What's Rowan's favorite film? <laughs> Rowan's favourite. To be honest, we don't have a television, um, so but she gets to watch some. So I'm half Czech, so she watches Czech cartoons. Oh, nice. And, okay. Is she bilingual? Yeah, she's That's bilingual. Yeah. Oh, that's um, so, um, so I I let her watch some Czech cartoons just because it's good for her Czech. Um, yeah. So she watches something called Kochichkan Pesek, which means little cat and little dog. Um, uh, yeah, so oh, that's <laughs> that, I'll give you that yeah. answer. Yeah, so most, that. that's all my television at the moment is um, is YouTube cartoons and Czech. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's awesome. Rest day recovery run. Uh, rest day recovery run. Yeah. Um, I'd say recovery run. Okay, nice. Morning shuffle or evening saunter. Uh, morning shuffle. Nice. Who's your running hero? Oh, this is quite hard as well. Um, <laughs> I'm saying after today. Um, I think I think from the Scottish point, I think it has to be probably let's say Angela Mudge. Oh, She's nice, a, yeah, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. She is yeah. an absolute hero. Yeah, yeah. Um, who else have we got? Post race treat. Um, <laughs> I, think, I think this is actually uh, the Guardian asked this one. Um, um, and I became make famous for this reply. Um, yeah. Pizza, prosecco, and ice cream. I think. <laughs> I said. Um, yeah. But that is that was it became quite a kind of standard thing to have after every kind of bigger race. So yeah, that's that's ah, the one. That sounds quite nice. Yeah, I would go for that. And what's your favourite shoe? Shoe. Yeah. Um, the Innovate Mudclaw. Oh nice. Yeah. Yeah. That, 
that is a that is a proper um, you know you you, <laughs> you know you're going to be safe with a mud claw underneath you if you go and yeah get I think that it just reflects the sort of hills that, that I yeah. like the races that I like to run yeah, yeah. ones that need a, an innovate mud claw yeah. and has the mud claw got the graphene rubber now I think is it yeah they've yeah. got the graphene ones yeah. yeah yeah I need to get a pair of those um, what's um, what's your ra- worst race experience um what's my worst race experience um honestly i think um this is hard as well probably so I, i'm not sure i'll probably think of something else afterwards yeah, um, yeah, a that's race a... that i really struggled if, uh, if you're asking me on the top of my head yeah. um i i really struggled during that utmb um race that i ran in 2016 because it was super hot yeah. um and i um yeah, and and I remember that kind of afternoon on that on that second, you know, we'll go in on the day, and um, when I was about, I don't know, I must have been about seventy miles into it, and it was super hot, and I was running down okay. this valley, um, yeah. and um, and it was all up this section on the road, and I kind of lost my enthusiasm totally. So, um, that was that was pretty tough at that point, um, and then it got better again. Nice. Didn't get better for Gail. <laughs> Didn't get better for me. That's for sure. I mean, yeah, you're. I mean, that sixth place. That is absolutely phenomenal. It's uh, amazing. I've got one more question. Um, what's your What's the sort of race that you'd want to do on your bucket list? Uh, that's an easier. And so I want to do the Tour de Gion. Um, oh, nice. Which is definitely a race I want to do. Yeah, yeah, that's brutal as well. Isn't it? well you know, it's ten times as tough as the UTMB. So. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure Debbie would let me do that. Probably Logan would. He doesn't want to wait for days and end for me to finish <laughs> that either. But ah, <laughs> oh, Right. Well, that that kind of sums it up. And um, yeah, really. Again, thanks so much for coming on the show, Jasmine and Morag. Absolute pleasure having you on. And um, yeah, we'll we'll catch up with you soon, no doubt. And good luck for the rest of the, the next sort of few months as well. Yeah, you're both my heroes, and massive congrats and good luck for the. The, the near future. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Thank and you. Good luck, Morag. <laughs> you too. Thank you to the Tartan Running Mums for joining us. Uh, I look forward to listening to that. I'm sure uh, even um, someone who's got no relevance like me will be able to take some some uh, some good interest from it. Thank you, ladies, for coming on. Well, I think, uh, well, I mean, I think for the actual episode offline, there was the number of things that we I think you know some of it some of us forgot to say was there's heaps of stuff. So by all means if anyone has any questions, um let us know via Tartan Running Shorts and um you know Debbie can have a chat with Morag or Jasmine and um you know get their get some advice from them. So that that goes to the mothers and and the mother mums and dads and prospective mums and dads. So um yeah hopefully you can use it as a tool to as a resource as well for for um for, for your running as well so yeah there you go fantastic right so before we wrap up then we're going to uh, a couple of things trs run of the week uh have you got anyone in mind because i've got someone lined up i've got no, absolutely nobody in mind tom <laughs> right so i'm t- what's trs run of the week See, i've got absolutely nobody in mind it's because i haven't yeah so there's not that many races going on right so that's why but what i what i tend to be getting my TRS run of the week seems to be the person I'm most impressed with uh, on Strava or something else. So this week, uh, TRS run of the week is going to Richard Purvis. Now, Richard Purvis did a run uh, over the weekend. It's called the inaugural Edinburgh Golf Round. 
Unbelievable. Ooh. So basically, he's run he's run around eighteen golf courses in Edinburgh. Uh, I would I would have, and apparently it was these are based on rules that were posted on Attack Point by Mark Nixon. So I would I would encourage you to have a look up if you can find Richard on Strava. Look at it. So the rules were start and finish at the golf tavern, visit the clubhouses of the eighteen golf courses in Edinburgh in any order, and but the order he's done are Braids Hill, Brunswick Links. Um, Carrickno, Craignity, Craig Miller Park, Duddingston, Kingsnow, Liberton, Merchant, uh, Morton Hall, Murrayfield, Portville, Prestonfield, Revelston, Royal Burgess, Silvernows, and Wee Braids. So that's the challenge. So, listeners, have a look. It's a really cool route to do. And it's 29 miles. Bloody hell. And he's oh, run it. Yeah, and he's knocked out in 340. So, it's a pretty impressive run. Um, so, it's, it's got me in. So, anyway, congratulations, Richard. You are TRS Run of the Week. Um, we applaud you for that. Um, that sort of uh, effort. Um, but it's got me thinking about doing an Aberdeen equivalent. And I think you can maybe do a nine hole around Aberdeen by taking in nine courses. So I might need to look at one of my long runs in the next couple of weeks. So there you go. TRS run the week. And if you've got, if you've done something cool on Strava, uh, an interesting run or a whatever, just tag us. Cause that's what a lot of people are doing. And it's a really cool way for us to see what's going on. Cause there are a lot of runs on the TRS Strava group and it's impossible to keep track of them all. <laughs> I tell you what, we've also got uh, you know as our runner rants ran dry last last week, we've had a surge of rants coming in, which has been fantastic. So um, so do you do you actually have you got them out there just now? I didn't actually. I do look have at them. them yet. I do have them in front of me. Yeah, so I can bring up the one. We first one we had was, but we'll go for one. And we'll keep the other one for next week. So this week we had. Um, uh, though this man wants to be anonymous, but his name, he's been mentioned on TRS before. So, uh, yeah, anyway, here's a rant, and I'm going to, as always, read it out as he's sent it in. So, I am sick of Say all he. the... he? Yeah, there you go. There's, there's, <laughs> there's a clue. <laughs> I am sick of all the people who are claiming PBs continuously on training and virtual runs that have done at Barclay and stopped for a break during it. If you call them out in a forum, you are the bad one. Folk need to stop lying and bull bullshitting for fake social media likes and adulation be true to yourselves and those that say you are stopping someone's journey by mentioning it no they are lying bar stewards they have done wrong add up my last five track sessions and i have a sub 230 marathon another clue you can look at to find <laughs> i won't claim it as a pb so you lot shouldn't either elapsed time or nothing bloody charlatans <laughs> so I guess the, that's an interesting one. He, he talks about the, the Ross Barkley 5K has become a big thing this week. Ross, <laughs> I saw the, Chelsea, that. the Chelsea player Ross Barkley apparently ran a 16 11 5K, but then it turns out he actually was about out for an hour, but he was doing intervals and he was stopping his watch and his recovery. So it led <laughs> to this this trend, this, the, the Ross Barkley Marathon. And the Ross Barkley Marathon? The Ross Barkley 5K, sorry. <laughs> I thought it was a different Barkley Marathon. The Ross Barkley 5K. Anyway, there's a bunch of people doing it. And I've seen someone run 11 minutes because you just... I like, saw that, yeah. It's just like that's, basically 200 meter reps or something. I tell you, any of your sprinters out there, any sprinters that listen to TRS, get yourself doing in total 5K and just keep stopping your watch. Do like 100 meter seg segments. Um, you know, have a few minutes recovery. Do another 100 meters for however long you need to. And, uh, you know... See what your 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 five k time will be, and then get that up on on Twitter, and off you go, eh? Everyone Absolutely. will be. And, but beat as as uh, Mark said. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we don't know his surname. It could be anyone. Uh... <laughs> it's just an Anon. <laughs> no one knows. We could that. edit that out. We could edit that out. I'm not sure we're going to. Let's be honest. <laughs> um, but no, I that's a brilliant rant. I love it. So yeah, well done, John. I have to admit great, though, I. 
yeah, well done, well done, Dave. It's it's amazing <laughs> to see the um to see how how people get caught up in the virtual racing and yeah, I, I I do agree with the rant to be honest. But I think the the Barkley five the Ross Barkley five K is 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 hilarious. I I can't be bothered doing it because it would involve running like super fast with recovery it would take a oh. take a lot of time. But it, it it's it's a cool trend. I would love to do like a I think I said this before like get a massive hill and just run five k fast as you can down and see what time nice. you get. That'd be so cool. What's well, like when you get to run at Lossy Mouse Half and you get to run yeah, for exactly. a half marathon with a tailwind for the for the whole thing? Exactly. Do you know what? I tell you what. I know a few people, some very fast and some less fast, who were lining up for uh, heading towards. I honestly think there was going to be some people with some pretty interesting marathons because I think Lossy, if Lossy was only half you did, I think some people were were ahead of where they thought they were. In, yeah. in their mind, and I think London, <laughs> do, they've dodged the bullet by not running marathon. <laughs> the, the, the tone of a new arsehole. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Oh, dear. Well, let, well talking about uh, that kind of rear-end chat, we're going to keep it cleaner this, this week. Um, yeah. We're not going to have that, uh, that chat, uh, <laughs> chat <laughs> we had. So we'll, we'll leave it at that. So as always, folks, if you want to contact us, you can... Uh, you can email us, tartanrunningshorts at gmail.com. Uh, get us on Facebook, like us on Facebook. We've got a Twitter handle at Tartan Shorts. Um, and you can get, we've also got a website. Check our website out. It's tartanrunningshorts.com, uh, made by our fantastic Leo Connor. And finally, if you do want to give us a review, we hugely appreciate it um, in, in comments because it does give us the world of, um, world of credit in the world of podcasting. So, uh, it doesn't make sense, does it? <laughs> Get my words done tight here. Um, so, yeah. Thanks for again listening, folks. And, Tom, what's in store for you the rest of the week? The rest of the week, uh, what is in store? A bit of more running, as always. And, yeah, running and running, working. Uh, and, and I've been, do you know, I'm, bar- I'm loving bar- barbecuing up most nights. Oh, so, yes. doing some, uh, some chicken tikka on the barbecue tonight. So. <laughs> chicken on the barbecue tonight? Well, yeah, so actually, I had it on earlier, so it's a chicken tikka, chicken tikka on the barbecue, which I'll throw into a curry. So. Oh, yes. If Sorry. you want a good curry book, listeners, Dan Toombs is the curry guy. That's an excellent book. It's some really good. <laughs> so there you go. Free plug for, for Dan Toombs. Look at that, eh? Boom. Right, folks. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you all next week. Have a good week. Bye. Bye.